don't like our music. How come? I don't know. We, we really what do you mean? It's very unprofessional for them. We have a professional sound engineer in the house. <laughs> There's plenty of background music. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Welcome, Nomads, to the Hodge Cast, a journey through food, travel, and music where we will feature a special guest from a circle of friends in the music scene. We talk about our travels, their story, and of course, we share a meal. And as we all know, the most common language in the world is food. I am your host, Freddie. And I'm Philip, podcasting live from beautiful West Anaheim, California, Adal Hut Studios. Yes, yes parev. Marhaba. Hola. Welcome to episode six of our show. Our guest today is a man that has accomplished so much in the music world. One of the most talented people we know, world-renowned sound engineer and musician, our good friend, Ronan Chris Murphy. Hey, man. Hey, Ronan. What's up? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. It's great to have you. Thanks for uh, being able to come. It's a real honor. Um, Before we ask questions about you, I want to tell the world how we met. I think that's a really significant story for myself and, and my brother. Uh, Do you remember when we met? I do remember when we met because I had a studio in mid-city part of Los Angeles. Yes. And we had a crazy, psychotic landlady. So we were looking for other locations. Yeah. And we knew about this one about a mile down the street. And I met these guys who are living and working above the place I was looking at. Yeah, the old Alistis days. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little office space is what it was. But yeah. we're trying to... And, you know, and honestly, I was just stoked because, you know, I just met you, but I'm, any, anytime I see people just going for it, you know, like, yeah. all right, let's go for it. Let's, we don't have enough money, but let's live in the studio <laughs> and let's pack in the van. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. So yeah. <laughs> I, I became yeah. fans of you guys as people just because you were diving in and doing it with right. your band Klepto at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That I was really, like eight that, years ago, I think. 2012. Wow. Was it 12? I think it was 12. Yeah. Or 11? Maybe 13. No, wow. maybe 11. It was a long left, time yeah. ago. It was a while ago. <laughs> I was I was happy I met you because right away we started talking and it felt like I've known you forever, which was cool. And then you introduced us to our uh, friend Alexia, mm-hmm. who uh, basically is a family now. Yeah, and she's that, from Cyprus, where we're from. And, yeah. kinda and like, it almost felt like when we met you, it opened up the rest of the doors to the rest of the music people we were going to meet in the oh, future that's in it's California. True. It's yeah, kind of you were, explosion you were the happened, first person that, that's, that, that sparked all that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> so it's an honor. Yeah. Uh, so now that we got that out of the way, uh, let's start from the beginning. Uh, just simple questions like where were you born? Uh, where did you grow up? Uh, I was born in Washington, D.C., and I grew up uh, right across the river in Arlington, Virginia. Nice. So lived there for about uh, basically 17, 18 years, and then Richmond, Virginia, then Boston, Massachusetts, then Canada, then Seattle, then England. Oh, you live in Canada, too? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Where in Canada? Uh, Banff, Alberta. Oh, Banff. Yeah. Beautiful oh, nice there. there. Yeah, Banff yeah. was amazing. That's where the Rockies begin, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Or they end. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever yeah. been in my life still. I yeah. agree. Yeah. And, had the luxury of traveling a bit, and it's still one of the most mind-blowing yeah. places. The one time we were there was we showed up, we we were in a van touring across, and we w- rolled in at night. At for our first tour. We parked somewhere random, and then we woke up in the middle of Banff National Park. Yeah, it, that was, was, it was beautiful. 2005. I, I was there for two years, and I'd still walk out my front door in the morning, and just my, my jaw would drop. It, yeah. it, the, the thrill and the awe of that place never wore off a single day I was there. Right? That's I, I can imagine that. Yeah, totally. 
Um, so uh, your cultural background, your parents, uh, your family mm-hmm. heritage? I'm the whitest dude you know. How white? Um, 100%. <laughs> you know, I did the DNA test. And yeah. I, you know, kind of hoping there'd be something cool. I'd have African or Arabic or you know, Asian. Or Some Cypriot? Something. Yeah. But yeah. no, I'm Greek. just like, you know, that this, you know, I'm pretty much full on Irish, but spiced up with a little uh, Scandinavian in there. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, really good. A lot that of sunscreen. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, well, every ethnicity has traditions uh, or, or maybe superstitions. Is there anything uh, that that your family used to do and, and you do now or you remember your grandma used to do some weird, quirky, traditional things? We actually never kind of had weird uh superstitions or traditions yeah. or things like that so <laughs> pretty uh, just I, uh, straight up yeah i wish yeah. there's probably a cool story in there goofy yeah. stuff christmas <laughs> traditions and stuff like that yeah. but uh <laughs> i guess it turns into religious at some point religious stuff like yeah i mean food I'm, maybe yeah. what about like a food gonna, that's yeah, from back I, mean, I, I come from a very irish catholic family yeah, yes, yeah. and you know with very catholic parents you know yeah. my you know, my my mother taught religion to nuns, and oh wow! You know, my father was an advisor to the bishop and things wow. like that kind of stuff. So you must have heard that the Pope recently visited Abu Dhabi. Did you hear that? The UAE, which is like like wow. a, the farthest, the first time a Pope has been to wow. like the Arab Peninsula. It's pretty. I mean, I That's, saw it. Yeah. I'm not religious, but it's kind of like an epic situation. I mean, yeah. who knows what they're doing there? <laughs> what kind of deal or not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's are, pretty cool. Are you religious at all? I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. None, none of us really are. All right. Let's uh, yeah. We'll move on from that question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there's there's lessons to be learned, and you know, but you know, there is. We're 2019 now. We know a lot more than <laughs> back in the day. Um. So Ronan, you you have a huge recording resume, and I'm not going. I'm not going to go into all of it. Um. But according to you. Uh, what would be your top of the list of projects that you've done, like as a recording engineer? I mean, it, it, it's hard to say. I mean, in terms of some of my favorite, they're like yeah. little artists you've never heard of. Right. I, mean, I mean, a lot of people know me. I did a lot of records with that band, King Crimson. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. A Norwegian band called Ulver, which a lot of people in Europe know about. And a lot of prog dudes like uh, um, like Steve Morse and Terry Bozio, Tony yeah. Levin, those kind of dudes. And uh but uh, a band, uh, the heavy metal band Guar, I produced their last record. Yeah, that's pretty epic. How was that's that? Cool. Tell us a little bit about that. It was tough. It was a really, really tough record to make. It was um, a full album, like the yeah, full yeah, album. Yeah, full right? album. And, yeah. you know, the end result was really, really good. But, yeah. I mean, that was a tough record because, um, you know, the guy who'd been the singer of the band for 30 years and super loved, a guy named Dave Brocky or Odorous Rungus in, uh, yeah. in his Guar alter <laughs> 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 um, uh, ego. Uh, passed away a few years before we yeah. made the record and a lot of the you know the fans were kind of split a lot of people were just angry at the band for making a new record without yeah, it that happens on. to a lot of, uh, yeah know, it's hard and I, and I get it I've sort of been that fan myself and it sort of um, uh, kind of you know informed my attitudes a little bit as well yeah but yeah when we're making it and there's just a lot to deal with when you're sitting down to make a record realizing that half of your fans are angry that you're in the studio writing new songs yeah that's a lot of pressure (laughs) that's crazy and also i mean the thing too was the band um you know they had this point too where they could kind of go any direction they wanted right um because you know the the guy dave brocky who was their singer for years was a genius and i just straight up even before guar i knew because i've known those guys for since the before they were guar yeah and um you know genius virginia right yeah yeah 
And so, um, but the new guy singing is technically a much better singer than Dave was. Okay. So um, in, a, in a weird way, they kind of had all these challenges, but they also had a lot of opportunity because there was things we could, if we wanted to go musically, we could do Right. now that we had this more technically accomplished uh, singer. Yeah. So there was a lot of work really just figuring out, you know, what do we do? What do we move right. forward? You know, and you were pretty direction. involved with actual making this like the actual direction too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I actually did did co writing on a lot of it, and yeah. you know, we we spent a lot of time working together before we set up the first mic, and yeah, which to me, if I'm producing a record, is super important. So, right. like, if I'm producing a record, to me, the work we do before we set up the first mic. A lot of times is more important than anything else. Yeah, yeah. We prep, might do on the know, whole record. Yeah, get the vi- you know vision and you know direction and everything. Yeah. yeah. So what'd you have to do to make that happen? Like, let's all get drunk and figure it out, or what? But in <laughs> terms of the direction, yeah. How do you like just a lot powwow it? How does it work? <laughs> it's just a lot of just rolling up the sleeves and working yeah. and working. And it yeah. was an intense record. It ended up you know over the course of a couple of months doing like fifteen hour days, seven yeah. days a week and it just it wrecked That's me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Remember we I remember when we came up that one time you had like some kind of a slight sample, but it wasn't, you know, done. <laughs> but no, yeah, you were like into it, you know. But like, yeah, it's it's great. Mountain. And it's a band I'd wanted to work with for yeah, that's fifteen cool. or twenty years. And you know, the record the the coolest thing about the record is just it shut the detractors up in a major way. Right. So okay. it used to be like in oh, the right. fan groups and stuff, there was big debates about Oh, is it okay for them to make a record? Yeah, screw you, blah, 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 back and forth. And and then when the record came out, it was pretty much the detractors were just shot down. They like, shut up, say. you idiot. Yeah. Listen to the record. Yeah. Yeah, so they, it's, still, it's still war, you know? Like, the music yeah. speaks for itself. Yeah, so yeah, it was good. And, you know, and it, chart, you know, it, it hit 50 points higher on the Billboard charts than any record they'd ever done and things That's like awesome. that. So it was, Did they ask for you or you, did you mention that you're available or... Um, they they asked for me actually because wow. um, that's awesome. And the reason for it, like I knew these guys, and so a lot of the dudes in the band were, um, you know, guys I'd worked with I, that I jammed with, played shows with, because I I kind of came up in the punk scene, right? Uh, like the DC and East Coast punk scene. Yeah. So these were dudes we knew, and I had lived in Richmond, Virginia for a long time, where they're from, and I think part of it not only again thinking I might be okay at what I do for a job. Um, but I think when they were sort of regrouping, they wanted somebody, and they even told me this, they wanted somebody who knew where they came from. Right. So yeah. I could kind of understand, you know, I, I knew the guys. I knew we came from the scene. We have the same references. Yeah. You know, I, I knew their old singer and all of that. So I yeah. think part of it was a combination of hope, I guess, them hoping yeah. I'd be okay at what I do. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and uh, and wanting somebody who kind of shared a common background. Especially the, that time when they lost the main major part of the band and the new band. Like, yeah. You, you kind of knew where they were from, so that kind of yeah. helped it a and, lot. And, you know, my old band, like, we had... Um, we'd, we'd played with Guar. I mean, I, I actually got asked to be in the band a couple times many, many years ago. That's awesome. Like that, so. That'd be cool. Yeah. I could see you in the band. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't at the time. So. Yeah. <laughs> so where did this career, like the sound engineering career start and how did you get into it? What was the like first thing that... Well, the major thing was I was, you know, I was a, a performing musician. I kind of, yeah. again, came up in like the DC punk scene and the scene that later became known as grunge and alternative and stuff yeah. like that. And I'm super into it. And I had this band I was in love with, and the bass player quit. Okay. And, you know, there was still all that same energy. And a buddy of mine let me borrow a four-track cassette okay. thing to goof around with. And I'm like, well, I can make some music this way. <laughs> right. And it just clicked. I was yeah. just instantly obsessed by it. Yeah. And How old were you? 
probably 23 or something, so kind of older. Okay. Um, when I when I really kind of first started messing around with it, and yeah. but I just it just clicked and I was in love with it and I just like you know, wouldn't sleep at night because if there was a book on recording, I yeah. would I would read it and you know any magazines I could get and stay yeah. up all night reading and obsessed and. Of course, the plan was that I was also going to be a rock star and, yeah, and yeah, a producer and all of that, right, but yeah. it's pretty damn tough to do both. Yeah, it takes and a lot of time for both, really. Yeah, right? I mean, really, they, they, yeah. Yeah, they, it takes a lot of time, energy, you know, and the same yeah. resources. Like, hey, here's a little money. Do I buy a new mic or do I buy a new all right, exactly. you know, gas for the van or the rehearsal space? Or merch so. or something. Yeah. But, yeah, I just clicked, and it, uh, it kind of gave me the same excitement fulfillment passion all those kinds of things huh. as performing in which I, I loved performing and still yeah. do right but uh, that's cool but I'm, so, I'm better at this than i am at yeah. being a oh yeah you know, you an think? artist oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. well so musically speaking what was the first thing that you recall like that sparked you to to be a, like be in the, in the music you know like in your like the you earliest know, thing you can recall. I mean, I don't recall ever not thinking I'd be a musician. Okay. Um, like I remember, you know, when I was five years old, me and um, I think I called her my girlfriend. I'm not sure what that okay. means when you're five years <laughs> or old. Or you're but, married or something. But we or were wife. gonna but we were gonna start a band and I was gonna be the drummer, she'd be the singer. I nice. didn't play drums, but that just seemed the that role the... that I should do. <laughs> um but hey. you know, but I, I was always into music and actually a weird thing I was at this kind of old country resort out in the mountains. And I saw this guy do a, a Neil Young cover with an acoustic guitar. Okay. And, uh, you know, hey, hey, my, my. And it just, for whatever reason, blew my mind. Yeah. It just seemed so amazing and so cool. And I started checking out Neil Young. And, nice. That's and, a good song to start and, off to. And, to. Yeah. And Neil Young was just like tapping into the Neil Young energy yeah. was the thing that just really got me excited about doing music. And, of course, the weird thing about that is that the outlet ended up being American hardcore. Okay. So, okay. I mean, I've, I've never really <laughs> differentiated between styles of yeah, music in yeah, terms yeah. of one being cool or not cool. But right. it's sort of like that came and you know lit the spark, and there was yeah. all this cool stuff happening with punk at the time. Yeah. And you know, I was lucky to be in D.C., which was you know it's, one of the best places. It must have been cool to live yeah. through that. Yeah. That's cool. And so my my outlet for it ended up being kind of like hardcore and stuff like that. Oh, that's that's awesome. That's cool. Nice. Huh. Okay. Um, part of our, our uh, podcast is travel. Yeah. Uh, I see you're always checking in. One minute you're in Spain. One minute you're in Washington. Uh, in a week, I'll see you in different locations. Uh, where has your, your uh, work and your music taken you? What countries and how many continents? Sadly, not Spain yet. Oh, maybe no, not Spain. Italy. I saw I something. in Italy. But Was yes. it Italy? But no. I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to go to Spain. Um, but... It's funny. I mean, I do travel more than your regular person, but oh, you know, I've, done, I've done a few few records in Malaysia. Um, oh, yeah. I go to Italy a lot. That's um, what it is. Done records in England, um, Sweden, um, France, maybe like Canada, of course, a lot around yeah. the U.S. Yeah, uh, Iceland uh, a fair amount. Nice. Um, Faroe Islands, Cuba, uh, Turkey. Um, that's pretty cool. And some other places too. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I, when I was your f- the, your first international trip to do as an engineer? When when, when did that happened? It probably would have been when I moved to 
to Canada. Yeah, okay. it was definitely when I moved to Canada. Yeah. I got I got offered a, a was essentially a job at this place called the Banff Center for the Arts. Okay. In Banff, Alberta, which was mind-blowingly awesome. Wow, I bet. That's cool. Because not only was I in this super beautiful place, but you know, especially at the time, it was this world-renowned center for the arts, and all these incredible musicians. Um, would come there to work on projects and I'd sort of just get thrown into the thick of it. So okay. like one day I'm working with like amazing musicians from Cuba, next time Finland, next time yeah. France, next time Montreal. And you're just kind of like putting them all together, that's your job kind of thing? I kind of <laughs> was essentially, I, I kind of describe it as I was like a producer and engineer in residence. Okay. So like if some interesting artist came from Finland to make a record at the BAM Center for the Arts, They'd sort of get teamed up with somebody like me who right. would then sort of go in and do the record. Yeah, that's cool. That's like, amazing. Mixing the music with uh, all these different nationalities. It's, yeah. it's, it's and, totally exciting. And the cool thing about it, too, is, you know, I, uh, my, um, a lot of the artists that I ended up working with, I didn't realize I was working with big deals. Okay. Uh, so one of those things where, you know, kind of it's pretty obvious they were great. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, hey, here's, you know, you know, you're doing this thing with this band coming up from Cuba, and it's like Chucho Valdez y Grupo Irakere, you know, <laughs> like the greatest, yeah, you know, wow. uh, it was actually musicians him? of all time. Yeah, I oh, saw wow. I, okay. So I produced a record with Chucho and you Valdez. Just, like, you didn't know and, that he was coming over. Yeah, and Los, Mon Los wow. Maniquitos de Ventanzas. And, like, again, that just thought, there you go. There you go. There we go. It started. In, yeah, just interesting stuff from Cuba. Kaya yeah. Sariajo from Finland. Wow, this is a cool artist. And then just kind of realizing, oh, this is they're going actually kind of big deals. That's crazy. Too. That's cool. And, uh, but it was amazing because it was so much creativity and so much diversity. And and I was just thrown into the thick of it because, you know, it'd be like, hey, you're recording this 13-piece chamber ensemble. Wow. I'm like, uh, wow. okay. <laughs> and I'd never, I've never mic'd a harpsichord in my life, right. but I'm, yeah, I figured out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's not awesome. too much different than recording my friend's punk band in a basement. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do the college thing or a recording school no, thing? Well, I, um, was it just... In, in a, the, the short of it is... Um, uh, I went up. Um, I actually have a degree in psychology. Okay. Um, but huh. but I went that up. Helps, and, right? I did a couple. <laughs> sem I did a couple semesters at the Berkeley College of Music. Okay. And the super cool thing was, uh, I I kind of had aspirations to go into the recording program, and they turned me down. Oh. And uh, which was kind of funny because huh. um, they and, missed out. <laughs> well, and it was a fantastic thing though, because I mean, part of it is I I can't sight read. I okay. much as I try, I can't sight read, so yeah. I ended up failing anything that involves sight reading. Right. <laughs> so they they made the right call, but yeah, it was funny because they rejected me at the same time. People graduating from the program were like booking me for tutoring. <laughs> and so, so you're but, tutoring the graduates. But I um, but here. I had this great opportunity because they had some what they called the synthesis program at the time. Okay. You know, working with synthesizers oh, and okay. programming. Yeah. And they were the they were the ones doing digital audio. So okay. uh, the recording program didn't touch digital right. audio at all. Yeah. So uh -huh. all of a sudden, you know, I I'm using like the first DAWs and samplers nice. and things That's like cool. that, you know, uh, digital editing and all of that. Yeah. So by virtue of getting thrown into that program, I was one of the first like people in the world kind of doing what was then sort of available. When it's first coming out. And it's yeah. cool, so they have all the new stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I used Pro Tools um, version 1.0. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, I did my first mix in the box in 1993. Yeah, wow. And so, uh, and the great thing is that's what opened up the opportunity for me, like at the Banff Center, because yeah. there's a lot of technology right. focus. So I was a guy who understood MIDI programming, understood digital audio, yeah. which was not a lot of people in the world did at the time. Yeah. And uh, I don't consider myself a particular expert in that field now, but I was one of the early people, and that opened up 
some cool doors right. that wouldn't Everything have, does happen for a reason. Yeah. Maybe if you were in the program, you'd be too busy. You wouldn't even focus on that as much, you know? Yeah, and, and so. it worked and it worked fine. And I started cool. kind of, you know, working professionally right around that time uh, as well. So it, it all worked out really well. Right. So. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. That's pretty. Uh, my next question was, what, what was the most memorable, memorable trip that you had with your work? I mean, that's pretty memorable. But, I mean, yeah, yeah. you travel a lot and it's kind of hard to pick one. But, like, what's the oh, wow. one, like, wow, this is just happening right now, like. I've been really blessed to have a lot of those. Yeah. I don't mean that in a kind of trite way. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's beautiful. But I mean, just from your pictures, we can tell that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah but, but part of it is, you know, when when I travel and kind of work abroad, just getting to kind of immerse in that yeah. is what's so awesome. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Um, and one of the beautiful things about traveling for work, and I imagine if I did something else like art restoration or masonry or something like that, it'd be a similar thing. Yeah. But when you... Go and like hang out for a couple months. Uh, you end yeah, up living you're there. You're, yeah. you're in there. the culture. You're starting to live with yeah. people, getting to know. Because yes. everybody's on their best behavior when the you know guy from L.A. shows yeah. up. <laughs> but you know, after a couple of weeks, eh, yeah, yeah, this guy, that, 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 that guy, and you, yeah. you start to get a sense like, oh yeah, yeah, they they fight with their you know <laughs> brothers just like we do. Yeah, right, they right. do all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, you know. I would say some of my favorite have been like in North Italy a lot. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I'm really into is I love remote recording for albums. Okay. Like I love recording outside. That I love, sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I love, you know, let, oh, here's here's a cool little chapel. Let's record there. Oh, here's, you know, outside. Let's <laughs> record there. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, I've done a few albums, um, Italian band called Hip Noise and another one, great one, Ria Fiora. Nice. And, um, you know, just the times of like um, moment where we're tracking lead vocals for an album in the middle of St. Mark's Square in Venice, Italy at like wow. one in the morning. Wow. That's crazy. And, you know, and it's this beautiful thing and the music's great. And admittedly, we might be a little drunk, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but just hanging out where you're like, man, I'm with cool people. I'm in this beautiful place. Nice. And, you know, and we're making great music. And it's That's epic. When, when you're sort of in that mode. It's like I've won the freaking lottery. Yeah. It's like <laughs> nice. Bill Gates doesn't have a single right? thing on me. No. Jeff Bezos doesn't have a single no. thing on me yeah. at that moment. Yeah. And th- those are kind of the ones you that, that you live for. Yeah, yeah really. Exactly. And, yeah. You know, and I'm I'm working on this thing called Project Electrico. Been off and on for the last couple of years. Yeah. And we're doing a lot. You know, going to these like going and hanging out with Cuban musicians and working on stuff and collaborating nice. and recording outdoors and. Yeah. Uh, and and that that's pretty amazing too. That's just, pretty cool. Yeah, for me, it's just when you're hanging out with a cool group of people in, in a cool environment, yeah. making and, music, yeah, you know, and, recording music, you know, yeah, just, and being creative and collaborative stuff. It yeah. really is as good as it gets for me. And yeah. I've been you know pretty blessed that I get to keep doing it, which yeah. is much to my surprise. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty clearly cool. you're a very good producer. Just the way you describe things by by your your, your the words you use. Uh, obviously, you you know what you're doing, which is nice to hear. Well, so let's take a musical break uh, and hear a message from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right. Yo, man, our band needs a new demo, but I don't want to pay through the ass for it. Bro, we've been playing a lot of gigs, and we need to work on writing this album, and we need our own monthly lockout. Hey, man, my grandma says we can't practice in the garage anymore. Have any of your band members ever said some shit like this? We've got you covered. 
DHS Rehearsal and Recording is a full-service recording studio, hourly rehearsal space with monthly lockouts available, located directly next to the Doll Hut Live Music Venue in beautiful Anaheim, California. Centrally located right off the 5 Freeway in Lincoln Avenue. Open seven days a week. Give us a call at 714-855-2535 at 714-855-2535 or visit us online at dollhutstudios.com. Facebook and Instagram at Doll Hut Studios.
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Hodgecast, a journey through food, music, and travel, podcasting from beautiful West Anaheim, California, Adalhut Studios. We are your hosts. Well, hey, your hosts. We are your hosts, <laughs> Philip and Freddie. As you know, we are in the studio right now. We got a bunch of bands playing. You can probably hear them in the background. We're super you can busy here. Hear them in the background. Uh, and as you heard, also our guest today is Mr. Ronan and Chris Murphy. Hello. What did we just hear? That was cool. We just uh, listened to uh, Act Four, Scene One from Philip Glass's opera Einstein on the Beach. Nice. And uh, yeah, that's something I try and turn people on to any chance I get because, I mean, not only is the original soundtrack recording of Einstein on the Beach the greatest record of all time, okay. uh, the opera is the greatest single work of art of the 20th century. Nice. And I'm that's... 100% convinced okay. of that. So it's just mind blowing. That was beautiful. Wow, that's cool. Well, uh, speaking of music, uh, so part of the amazing sound engineering accomplishments, you're also an amazing musician. Uh, how many instruments do you play and what's your primary instrument? Um, mostly a guitar player, yeah. And yeah. I was a much better guitar player 20 years ago when I used to just you know, play guitar all the time and now I'm kind of working on other people's music. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'm mostly a guitar player, which means I can sort of mess around on bass. And uh, and for fun, I'm really into playing hog fiddle or the Appalachian dulcimer. Oh, That's cool. That's sort of like my, my kind of winding down. To Maybe we can uh, you can feature in, in our album somewhere with that. Yeah, yeah there That'd you be go. That'd cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, what's... Uh, what are some bands that you've been in from the beginning till now and maybe something that's coming up in the future? Well, um, I mean, my, my first, it, it's kind of funny. I just came to the awesome fifth anniversary here of the Doll Hut. That was awesome. Last weekend, and it was cool to see the Radolescence because the, um, the first time I ever kind of got together with some dudes to like, let's try and play live music together. Yeah. Um, for some reason, all we did was adolescence covers. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah, I have no idea why. I mean, because well, we loved them. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, we just... We didn't know how to write our own songs or anything, so we just covered adolescent songs, and then we started, um, let's write our own stuff. And so we started this band called Freak Baby. And That's um, a cool name. Yeah. And it's because this, but, you know, a friend of a buddy is always calling, hey, hey, Freak Baby, what happening? <laughs> hey, what Freak? And we thought that'd be a great name. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the funny thing is just yappy little punk rock band. Um, we were probably kind of terrible, but we were going for it, so I'm proud of it, but the funny thing was Freak Baby was also Dave Grohl's first band, but um, wow! But at different times, because, <laughs> you know, and th- this will show my, my prophecy. Like, 1984, <laughs> Freak Baby did this thing, and, you know, by 1984, I'm like, this punk thing has really run its course. I mean, I'm like, eh, yeah. you know, I want to try something new. Okay. And so, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I nailed that one, huh? <laughs> wow. but, um, but, but I took the guitar player with me to start a new band. And um, so the replacement guitar player in Freak Baby was Dave Grohl. When no he was 14 way. years old. So that's crazy. Yeah. My, my weird little footnote in history is that this yappy little punk rock band I started when I was 14 years old, 15 years old, yeah. I also ended up being Dave Grohl's first band. So it was in Virginia? Or yeah, the, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, we, um, you know, I was born in Washington, D.C., and yeah. um, I grew up in, in Arlington. So, essentially, Washington, okay. D.C. was, you know, a kilometer from my house. And, yeah. you know, and that's and that's actually where a lot of the real D.C. scene was, like Discord Records. Yeah. yeah. It's actually oh, yeah, 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 Arlington, yeah. Virginia-based We've record label. We've been there. Yeah. No, <laughs> we have not been there yet. We will, D.C., though, so. we went, we visited just... Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so I did That's that. That's crazy. Yeah, right? so That's... but it, it was fun, and then I started, you know, um, band called Last Laugh, and I had this band called Pump House for a while, which um, I, I, I'm proud of the music we did. We we never did a record, but we got to play with lots of cool stuff. So you know, we 
you know, we played with all. We played with the Descendants. We played with Death Angel. Nice. We played with the Rollins Band. We, cool. you wow. know, Dinosaur Jr. and a lot, a lot of stuff like that. So, you know, we were good enough that, you know, we got to play with a lot of cool bands and stuff, but never got around to making a record, unfortunately. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> um, anything um, coming up in the future as far as yeah, uh, yeah. records? And or a bunch of stuff. And actually, you know, our, our friend Alexia, yeah, um, you know, uh, she and I, we, we love working together and we sort of collaborate. We did a released one sort of improvisational record together. We played some played a gig in Paris a little while back yeah. on that and are, are trying cool. to plan things out to do something else. And yeah. um, I actually have my own record, which is like 70% done, but um, my, for better or worse, my, my production kind of engineering thing is just bonkers. And right. so I, I, I almost never have downtime to do my own stuff. Right. But, uh, but I'm hoping to finish it. It's really good. And I suckered a lot of really good musicians into playing with me. So cool. like um, Tony Levin's my bass player. Oh, and wow. I've got two drummers like Pat Mastelato from King Crimson oh, and nice. Terry Bozio. Oh, Terry Bozio too. And, uh, and Mike, Mike Keneally plays keyboards on it. And Sweet. So, I bet it's going to be amazing. Can't so, wait to hear it. Yeah. So what kind of, what kind of, that kind of, uh, to my next question, what what's your preferred musical style? And I guess what would that, what would your style be? Like, well, with that, when the record is totally self-indulgent. Yeah. Um, in terms of, I just want to make some music and do cool stuff with my friends. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of ranges from sort of alternative stuff to avant-garde improv yeah. stuff with yeah. sort of hints of prog and things like that. That's cool. So, nice. yeah, I mean, as long as I just turn the guys in my band up really loud it'll be a yeah. good record <laughs> um, yeah, but with I, those names yeah but no I, for me <laughs> I'm, I'm a complete musical like omnivore and mongrel yeah. and, yeah. and that's one of the kick ass things about being a producer because you know I you know I love Bad Brains and I really just you know Will I Am and Britney Spears like together yeah. I think is a magic combo <laughs> yeah and you know I love getting to travel and like get turned on to cool artists and stuff from around the world and yeah. so that's the like the kick-ass thing about They're, being uh you know a producer is yeah. like i'm kind of doing this sort of prog record right now but uh, and then the next thing i've got on the docket to mix a funk record from canada and yeah, i did a nepalese classical album you know i never understood how, how somebody could just say oh i only listen to country or, or i only listen to like yeah. hip-hop it you know and a, a doesn't funny, make sense to me and the funny thing about that is when you find musicians that are like that they tend to be incredibly incredibly boring uninspiring right and yeah. the cool thing is almost any genre of music when you see you know men and women who are just like so cool and kick ass like even yeah. like man there's this grindcore guy and he's like the most badass grindcore guy <laughs> and you hang out and talk about music and he's like oh dude bob marley yeah, yeah or, exactly or like yeah i'm totally oh, into yeah. jazz or Beethoven's like, awesome you know like, yeah, yeah they tend to be or you know or or britney spears or something most most of the most amazing musicians and exciting inspiring musicians i've ever known or worked with are almost always really into stuff yeah. that's not what they're known for. Yeah, right. that makes and, sense. And yeah, and just especially when a genre's been around for a while, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, I'm really into X genre. That's what I listen to. It's like, you can almost guarantee that's somebody who just makes really boring music. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's a, that's the general rule for everything, being open-minded about everything. Yeah, you know? just, yeah. If you put yourself in a small box, you're not going to get out of it. Yeah, it's like, I only eat this kind of food. Right. Like, wow, this just doesn't <laughs> yeah. make any sense no, at exactly. all to me. I mean, God bless him if it makes him happy. Yeah, that's, and that's all that counts with music and stuff exactly. like that. That's but true. I, I think it's important when we tell people, though, to, to kind of expand and, and, and listen to not just the top 
top 40s and, yeah. and, and listen to yeah. underground music, listen yeah. to everything. Yeah. yeah, and even for me, it's really important for me to like, like in my professional work of changing gears as much as possible. Yeah. Like if I'm doing a bunch of rock records, I really want to do a singer songwriter record or a jazz record or world music. And like there was a kind of a tough thing for me too, because I actually, um, yeah, I've been really lucky to work with some of the greatest sort of progressive rock musicians in the world. And, mm. uh, you know, it's great. Uh, I love it. But um, for a while, that's all I was doing. Yeah. And that's yeah. all the calls I was getting. And so it got to this point where there might be something like, you know, hey, here's a progressive rock record with a good budget. And, you know, at the same time, oh, here's some indie punk band with like eight dollars. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm doing the indie punk thing because yeah, I, I, I was getting burned out. So yeah. when I do the same kind of music over and over yeah. again, I get burned out and I think it makes me, you know, it's. It, it makes me less of a good producer. Right. Your ears, it, yeah. Good, yeah. Because I want to be excited. And truth is, too, is even like you go do an indie punk record and you, you just kind of get tapped into an energy that even if you do go back to do right. a prog record, all of a sudden, like, you use there that. was some energy component about what we did there that uh -huh. could make this prog thing cooler. Exactly. There's something about this prog band you know, approach that can make this pop record more interesting. Right. So I'm, I even if it costs me financially, yeah, I'll I'll actually make sure that I don't do the same genre. I mean, you can actually a lot of times make m more money. Like, oh, that's the that's the guy for blues records, or that's yeah, the guy for yeah. this, and get pigeonholed. But most of my friends that are that guy or that gal don't like going to work as much in the morning not, as much yeah, as I do. Exactly, so and I, right? you know, and I'm, I didn't get into this for the money. I mean, I'm lucky that it, you know. Yeah, from a house and stuff like that, right. but it's certainly <laughs> not. Why that's where I, it's got to start. Yeah. Not about the money. It's about yeah, for you know, sure you actually yeah. enjoying it, you know, yeah. and creating stuff that's you know fun and yeah. meaningful too. And then if you think about all the genres, like how did they come up? There were other, you know, they all all the influences mm -hmm. create the new genres. So yeah, and that's actually a lot of time with new genres, like why it's so often that some of the absolute best stuff is right at the beginning because you do have that amalgamation of things, you know. From whatever it was before. You, you've got Black Sabbath with like, okay, here's this kind of blues guy and this jazz drummer and they tried this new thing. And, yeah. you know, even just last night I was kind of blasting the, the early demo on the first album for Bad Brains. Yeah. And it's like what was so amazing is they were they were a jazz fusion band. Yeah, yeah, that said, yeah. Let's try this thing the Ramones and the Sex Pistols are doing. Yeah, and it was you know bringing that sensibility and that skill and stuff that yeah. made it. I think helped make it you know the greatest hardcore yeah, yeah. music exactly. ever yeah. written and recorded. Yeah, that's it's good cool. to not be stuck in a box and just just go for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, now it's time for our next part of the show. When yeah. it's called, what's it called, Freddie? Yeah, we're, we're calling it Food Talk Time, so it's actually, yeah. let's go have some food time. Oh, I like the sound of that. So let's take a break, and we'll be right back. This was the Hajcast from beautiful West Anaheim, California. Awesome. All right, everybody, we're back at the Hajcast, a journey through food, music, and travel. So we just took a cyber break and had a full meal while we're at it. A really good one yeah. at that. I'm having we're a hard time breathing. Pretty stuffed, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we got to fight through it as usual. It's called the food coma, I guess. Yes. Is what it is. It's more like, uh, I guess it's a coma. You're, you're, well, you're live, though, yeah. but you can't function. <laughs> no, you can't well. do anything. <laughs> Talking is hard right now. Right. <laughs> so today we made a spinach with organic chicken and rice uh, yeah. dish. It's a pretty classic, traditional in the... Like Greek and Cypriot, Mediterranean, you know, even Lebanon too, they, they have it. It's like a standard lunch almost thing. Um, so how was it, Ron? What did you think about that? Have you had that Oh, before? it was really good. Yeah, it kind of reminded me a lot of, I think it's, a, I've got, I've got lemonade. Is that I've, how you say I've it? I've got lemono. 
Avro is egg. Lemono, lemony. There we go. From the Greek roots, avro meaning egg. Yes. But it kind of reminded me of that, that yeah, soup, which I like a lot, usually yeah. kind of like with a white rice and things like more yeah. of a soup kind of thing. And it yeah. was really nice here sort of with the with the brown rice. and uh, yeah. yeah, thanks, thanks. That was fun. Really nice. Yeah. We use an so organic fun. chicken, of course. Uh, speaking of food, this one, this is my favorite part of the show. Yeah. If you had to pick, what is your favorite food, Ronan? Mm. Your favorite. Man, you're, you're going to eat this for the rest of your life every day. Oh, oh, that's different. Then that, yeah, oh, that's a, no, no, no. That, that, that would that, kill me. That changes. Okay, what's your favorite food? Oh, man. I got a big soft spot for biscuits and gravy. Oh, nice. Well, I'm from Virginia. Sorry. <laughs> All this traveling. Yeah, biscuits and gravy. <laughs> that's the favorite. I mean, Whoa. what about dessert? Is there like a go to? <laughs> Wait, let's talk about the biscuits and gravy. Is it just like just the gravy and the biscuit and that you're good? Yeah, I mean, well, that's the star of the show. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you that's can true. have other stuff with it, yeah. but uh, that's that's a good thing. Like when I go back and like work, do work in the south and stuff. It's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, biscuits and gravy. It's, you know. it's everywhere. A good Come, biscuit. Uh, is Waffle House good, has actually. it. Actually. Is yeah, it the sweet know. with sweet a little bit on top? Or no, what? No, 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 salty. Yeah. Okay. It's basically way off, Philip. I don't know my biscuits. I know. It's basically flour and the the grease from the sausage. Yeah. And some pepper and a little bit of milk and. Nice. See, I didn't know that when I lived in Virginia, but I, uh, I, I'm talking about biscuits and gravy. The southern <laughs> accents coming out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah but, I hear it. But uh, I moved up to Boston, and you can't get biscuits and gravy oh, in Boston. Oh no! At least you couldn't when I moved up there. So I'm like calling I'm, up, calling I up. I moved up there. <laughs> so I called up yeah. an ex-girlfriend. I'm like, help! How do I do this? So I, had, I had to learn to make it myself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's cool. Funny. That's but, good. Um, and desserts, man. Good yeah. Italian gelato. Yeah. Kinda, kinda That's good. Tough. I like that. Yeah. And there, there's actually <clears throat> a place uh, um, outside of uh, Morostica, North Italy, that's got this tiramisu that they oh, make in house. Oh, bah. Those are good, too. Yeah. What's your favorite gelato uh, flavor if you had to pick one? Bachi, which is um, um, basically there's a, 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 a hazelnut candy in, wow. that you get in Italy, and they sort of make a gelato version of it. Wow. Off the charts. That's oh, delicious. We're to get some of that. Can we do well, that? Well, the Lebanese time? make their own. Uh, it's like Italian, but it's a Lebanese gelato style. Ooh, if ice you cream. Ever, if you, it's Lebanese ice cream, if you ever get a chance. I, yeah, I'd love to check it out. I'd love to, I'd love to go to I've never been to anywhere in that part of the Let's world. Let's go. It kind of bums me out. So oh, Let's, let's do, do it. That. Let's oh, yeah. do it. We're half Lebanese. We know people there. Yeah. yeah There's it. a lot of music there, actually, too. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I had an old... Um, a Lebanese roommate when I lived in Boston, oddly enough, oh, when cool. I was trying to figure out how to make biscuits and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I, you know, score, uh, you know, cassettes and stuff of music there. And uh, yeah. one of the things I love about, <clears throat> you know, going like to to other parts of the world that with really different traditions, and you know, like a lot of stuff with Middle East and Turkey and things yeah. like that. Like even what I'm sure is crappy pop music that I should be too cool to like. Yeah. Right? Just the whole kind of phrasing and melodic yeah, things yeah, are yeah. so kind of new and different than yeah. what I normally get that it's really, really exciting. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Exactly. <laughs> that makes sense, yeah. yeah. Especially right. like Arabic music specifically. Yeah. It's it's actually complicated. Even the poppy <laughs> stuff, mm -hmm. it's not the poppy stuff that you hear. It's not, it's not like predictable. Yeah. You know uh -huh. what I mean? And it's always some kind of amazing musician doing something yeah. crazy with their voice yep. or, you know, some kind of, you know, oud player or something, you know. And the beats and the rhythms. And yeah. Yeah, it's what always fun. Back to food talk, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Oh, sorry, yeah. How about things you dislike? Uh, like, don't ever give me that. 
I, I, why? Okay, I my question is, why I don't you like? Why don't you like mushrooms or eggplant? I don't. That's know. my question. I really <laughs> wish I did. How do you go to Italy and not eat their eggplant when they give you? Eggplant? I know. What are you supposed to do? You know? I mean, I can eat it, <laughs> but you know, and I and I can sort of plow through mushrooms if I have yeah. to. There's 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 kind of no food no foods that would kill me if I had to eat right, them. Right, yeah. But in mushrooms a world with like, so much yeah. amazing stuff, um, <laughs> don't give me mushrooms. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. waste it on uh, <laughs> eggplant or mushrooms. Or right. and uh, weirdly enough, I'm just not into raw tomatoes. Raw tomatoes. Uh, I love really? things you make out of them. I love hmm. I love red sauces, yeah. ketchup, salsas, all of that. Just something about raw tomatoes just does doesn't do it for well, that's me. That's interesting. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Huh. Why not? It's know? a thing. I know a lot of people actually with the tomato thing. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did have a dessert today. We Freddie, did. Freddie made some amazing uh, fruit salad. With the fresh pineapples, apples, banana, and No oranges. banana in that one. No banana? No. Okay. No, mint. You forgot mint. the mint. Oh, mint. Oh, mint. Yeah, Chopped up mint. That was really good. Yeah. I kind of want some more now. Some gelato with that would be good. Yeah. With that, with yeah, that yeah. yeah. What's Why the, am I hungry what, again? What's, what's the weirdest food you've eaten on the, on your travels? Oh. um, Like, this is strange. Well... Frog porridge, Malaysia. Yeah. Oh, wow. I see. Yeah, I like. It's actually really good. Yeah. Frog porridge. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, there are things that are kind of weird if you're we're hanging out with a bunch of Americans, but yeah, yeah you know, frog porridge and frogs and frog legs is it's good. It's just normal there. You know, and down in Oaxaca, you know, eating grasshoppers is just normal. How, like, a, how eating, is that? You know, I <clears throat> I was working down in Oaxaca a few times this last couple of years. And I ate it at first time. I just kind of got it down so I could brag about having eaten right. it. Yeah. And uh, and then I'm like, okay, I should actually see if I really like this. <laughs> and so, you know, I gave it like, okay, I'm actually going to taste it and things like that. And I wasn't really that into it. Again, nah. if, if I was starving, I would plow them down. Is there like a flavor to it? Like, yeah, I mean, because okay. they, they essentially kind of fry them and spice them and oh, stuff right. like that. But, yeah. you know, when you're in Oaxaca, which is has such awesome food. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, wonderful things. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to waste, a, waste I, my chomps on grasshoppers. I have a feeling I would really like it. Grass, I just I like strange oh, things. Like great. Yeah, I can like, probably eating it just in handfuls. I could see myself <laughs> yeah. doing that. But, but like, in, Sal's in Malaysia, which is, yeah, background. Malaysia, which is, oh, man. If you're a foodie, go to Malaysia. Yeah. You know, it's just so much amazing food, and Malaysians are super foodie people. All right. And, but you you end up sort of, like eating, let's like, you know, tripe soups and bone soups and yeah, frogs yeah. and a lot of things. And I'm not one of those guys. I'm not an Andrew Zimmern kind of guy <laughs> okay. who's like, "Great, let's eat monkey brains." <laughs> um, but I, but I will. It's it's funny when I'm in the United States. Um, you know, I'll order and I'll say, uh, "Yes, I'd like that, but but could you put the sauce on the side and a little <laughs> little less pepper than you might normally put right. in there?" And yeah, no, 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 so spoiled, huh? And. Uh, but once once I get out of the boundaries of the United States, yeah. it's just like, all right, just do me. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever so, that's called, I'll have some. So it's like, yeah. you know, in Italy, I like I had this like raw sausage made from like pig heart and lung nice. and all, things like wow. that. Which is that with the blood in it too? I wasn't the blood too nuts about it, oh, yeah. uh, honestly. But you know, I did it, <laughs> and uh, it's really, really. I I shouldn't say this because it makes me a bad person, but I ate whale in Iceland. Weird. And, uh, Good. Oh, is that a, good. is that normal there? It's really good. Is it? Yeah. Oh, is wow. it normal though? Um, it's it's not that weird. Oh, but in Iceland, uh, the rotten shark 
thing they eat fermented shark no and that is hands down the worst thing oh i've oh my ever tasted God, in shark. my entire life without a hint of why do they do that could, yeah well i think it comes back from you know first thousand years of iceland's history was complete abject poverty where you can't do anything for eight months because it's oh, right. freezing right. and you know, and you can't really grow agriculture, especially hundreds of years ago. Yeah. So I think what they do is in the summer, you go out, Get kill sharks, sharks, pull them in, put them under the ground, let them rot until and then what? February, start eating. Wow. But I've got friends over there who eat it like candy. It's crazy. That's crazy. But yeah, it's the worst thing. Huh. They should at least cure it and, you know, make some like oh, something out of it. it and yeah. And, and, and that's what it's, uh, <laughs> Anthony Bourdain, that, you know, he said that was the worst thing he'd ever eaten yeah. as well. Yeah. Huh. That's not, I mean, that would, that makes sense actually. Yeah. yeah. A whale, huh? That's interesting. Yeah, how do you feel? Is that sir? illegal? Is that like immoral? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 legal. I mean, there's it's politically not a good thing to yeah. say no. you did. So now I've just said on your podcast, oh. which is oh. heard by millions, millions out so, there. Uh, we're gonna have, walk, we're gonna have PETA on our ass. We right only did it once. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna walk <laughs> down the street. And people are gonna like yeah. hit me with a baseball right? bat. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's culture. Sometimes you gotta do what they got. <laughs> You're not gonna. What do you yeah. Um. Where are we at, Freddie? All right. Well, we're just going to take a musical we're, break with the uh, oh, next yeah. two tracks you, you, you brought in, and uh, we'll come right back. Uh, and uh, another message from our sponsors. Thank yeah. you. All right.
Pulling John Wayne's t-shirts When the swing set hit his head The neighbors, they adored him For his humor and his conversation Look underneath the house there Find the few living things Riding fast in their sleep All oh, the dead Twenty-seven people Even more, they were boys With their cars, summer jobs Oh my God Dressed up like a clown for them With his face paint white and red And on his best behavior In a dark room on the bed He kissed them all He'd killed ten thousand people With a slight of his hand Running far, running fast to the dead He took off all their clothes for them He put a cloth on their lips Quiet hands, quiet kiss on the moon Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Hodgecast, a journey through food, music, and travel. Podcasting from beautiful West Anaheim, California at Dollhut Studios. We are your hosts, Phil and Freddie, and our guests today, Ronan. Thanks again. Yeah, I'm having a good time. Yeah, Thank having you. a good time. What did we just listen to? Well, we listened to two things. First, I wanted to play what's kind of one of my favorite hardcore songs of all time. Um, in, in D.C., there was the band Faith and the band Void. I did the Faith Void album, a you know, split LP, okay. and which to me is like one of the greatest hardcore records of all time and so that was a song called think off of that album okay and uh yeah nice. fake, void and from the void side and void was amazing it was sort of like if uh if Jimi hendrix had been born into a hardcore punk band nice i'm gonna say i haven't heard it so i'm gonna oh, have to that's awesome 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 it and it's just oddly coincidental that the guitar player is also a black guy in there oh, so okay. yeah so it, totally interesting and the next thing is just to me like one of my favorite heavy songs that's not heavy so it's Sufjan Stevens okay. uh, John Wayne right. Gacy Jr. so it's the you know you heard the song but it's just lyrically so dark and heavy and yeah. heavy 
and nice. so sweet and pretty at the same time. So I, I just love that juxtaposition of yeah. you know, such a sweet kind of beautiful song. That's, that's awesome. one of the darkest and heaviest songs I've ever heard. That's badass. I like it. That's Thanks cool. for sharing that with us. So Okay, so as we reach uh, the end of our conversation here, Ronan, I'm sure you have lots of musician engineer types, and I'm sure, I mean, I'm hoping they'll be listening to this podcast at some point. Uh, some some might have been in the scene for a while. Others uh, maybe just starting off. Everyone has their own opinion on where the sound engineering industry is moving towards. Uh, what's your take on it, and, and and musically and as an engineer? Yeah, that's a big question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of where it's going is it's kind of weird and bizarre and changing. And yeah. um, I mean, it, it's a big challenge. Like people are thinking of getting into this now have to really, really, really think seriously about it. It was a little yeah. easier when I got into it because there weren't a lot of people. Right. But now, you know, sort of the captain of the varsity football team also is a beat maker and a producer right, and right. That's true. things like that. And it used to be sort of the weirdo guy in the AV department yeah. was also the recording guy. Now everybody thinks they're a, pro- thinks they're a producer. Yeah, and yeah. I guess to a sense they are if they get up and yeah, morning and do it. it. But, yeah, yeah. you know, there's sort of so many people trying to do it while yeah. budgets for so many people have gone gone way down. Yeah. Uh, it's a challenge. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky. I mean, my... Things are busier than they have ever been for me. And yeah. I always expect, oh, yeah, by next week the career's over, but no. it just keeps chugging along. Right. So, and, you know, God willing, <laughs> it'll, <laughs> it'll keep going. But yeah. um, the, so the industry side of it is it's a mess for a lot of people. It's yeah. tough. And if people are getting into it. It's, it's really, just so really unsure. You know, nobody really knows. <clears throat> Even the musicians they make records, yeah. sell records. Like, yeah. How do we make money? Is people, you know, yeah. do we. But the one thing that I would say is uh, I think. Not, not just because I have a particular vested interest, but I think it's unfortunate that everybody wants to be a producer. Okay. Because so many, so many people are spending time and energy and stuff trying to develop that side of what they do that they they don't have guitars in hand. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they're it's about the music. Yeah, they're they're buying a new Waves bundle instead of a new guitar amp, and they're right. you know spending a weekend trying to figure out how to get this tracks to sync back up instead of getting in the van and playing in San Diego right. and things like that. Yeah. So, and, and I'm trying to say this in a positive way that's not nasty and snarky, but... No, say um, how it is, Ronan. Just say it. <laughs> but, <laughs> Just let it out. But the reality is I'm pretty good at what I do because I've done almost nothing but this for yeah. decades. Right. And, and even a guy or a gal much younger than me who'd spent a year or two just waking up every morning and yeah. learning about mics and putting mics on guitars and you know getting pro tools or yeah. re- reaper to work and all that they're just generally better at that than the person who's trying to do a lot of things at once right yeah exactly. and so i think for people who just want music to be their fun you know, do whatever the heck you want right but the people who are really trying to you know develop one of those things yeah i, I think it's dangerous so I, I think i might have mentioned earlier 20 years ago, I was a much better guitar player. Right, I, yeah. I played guitar every day, hours a day, yeah. and I had chops. I listened to, you know, like live recordings, like my old band. I'm like, <laughs> I could never play like that guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> he had some chops, fluidity. Yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, I'm kind of functional now. That's so why I, yeah. I kind of look at it. Yeah. But that that's a big thing. And, and one of the really frustrating things, too, is just people ending up with lame records. Um, just to say... Inter- but in terms of the kind of thing where, especially lame records where they just like, oh yeah, my band, we just spent a year and a half recording the record ourselves, you know, hey, what do you think? And I'm like, 
it's not that good. Are you and saying uh, audio-wise or sound, uh, music-wise? I mean, kind of both, but I'm thinking specifically about the recording aspects of it. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll hear these bands, like, literally, they spent a year working on something, and I'm just thinking, me 20 years ago could have blown that out of the water yeah. in Damn. five days. And it's not because I'm a badass. It's because it's I was true. focused on yeah. that thing. Yeah. And so many of these bands that, like, really they could have gotten their buddy who's obsessed about the recording stuff yeah. to, like, exactly. you, you record you this can, stuff or yeah. help us with that. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, go in, knock out a killer record in five days, yeah. and then spend 51 weeks... <laughs> getting in the van or yeah, exactly. promoting and writing the new songs and all of that and then that's where you, you get know, the good music from yeah, and then you get another collection of stuff together and get together with that buddy again and yeah. go great we, we're, we're really successful now let's yeah. spend six days on the recording yeah. you right, know right, and, uh, right. yeah. and all of that but that, that's my, my thing is I just uh, the thing that bums me out is the race to mediocrity a lot of yeah. times with trying to do everything and yeah. it's the same sort of thing like I'm I was a pretty good guitar player 20 years ago and I'm passable now, but it's that thing like, oh yeah, if I'm producing, I produce for a lot of artists that aren't full bands. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I could go in and spend, you know, four or five days working out guitar parts and all of this. Yeah. Or I can get one of my buddies who kicks ass and have him or her come yeah. in, you know, in an afternoon Just and wipe the floor with what I could have done in four or five days. Yeah. yeah. That's really good yeah. advice. That yeah. makes, that's, and, that must help a lot of people. Yeah. And, and the, thing is you probably have friends who aren't famous um and don't need to play guitar or piano or bazooki or whatever for their living that can come in i mean that's the oh, thing yeah, like, exactly. we, we all know so many people that like oh yeah he he runs a hardware store but or he's something awesome like that. guitar but he kicks yeah. ass at violin and yeah. and, it, and it's the kind of thing where you can say hey i'll give you a six pack of really good imported beer if you come hang out for an afternoon and do yeah. some guitars and you just made her month or his month yeah. on that so they come in do great stuff and things yeah. like that and every everything steps up to a new right. level and there's something really beautiful again I, I support people doing music any way that makes them happy yeah um but um it is amazing when you just get a whole bunch of people who are really good at their game together yeah a yeah. really good drummer a really good engineer you know really good string arranger any of those kind right. of people together and it's a magic thing that happens when you've got people like really up on their game getting yeah. together and collaborating and those true. are the most exciting things and like for me as a producer you know i'm always my favorite scenarios is when i'm the least talented person in the room okay yeah. <laughs> because i love that i mean because the great thing is the producer if it turns out awesome, you get all the credit. Right. Um, but, <laughs> but it's that thing, like, you know, I, I can play guitar, but I would much rather have a guy or gal that kicks my ass right. in there yeah. working in there. I can sort of functionally do drums, but yeah. I'd rather a great drummer that kicks my ass. I can sort of do string arrangements, but yeah. I'd love a, gr you know, when a string arranger that just kicks my ass yeah. is in there. And it's like so it's, it's awesome. a super team, that's cool. Yeah. And it doesn't, and that's not something that requires you know, being elite or signed to a major label or something like that it just requires, you know, hounding your friends and, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, connecting yeah. with people on Facebook or however you That's true. make that, things happen. That makes total sense. I mean, we can relate to that because we always, we did DIY all, you know, with all yeah. our albums and everything. And we it's were kind hard. of, we, mm -hmm. would, we did play all those roles 
we still kind of do in a way, but we're lucky enough that our day job is also this. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yep. we have, I mean, even that almost isn't enough time. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, what you're saying is exactly the how we're, it should be. We're in be, that you know? position like, right now, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're trying, we're trying to, we're trying ourselves to do that, to get mm-hmm. other people to do the other things so we yeah. can actually focus on just the yeah. drums. But even know? like we talked about at dinner break, you, when, you know, when you're doing drums, you brought in... One of the, one of the other guys that works here to help yeah. with that aspect. Yeah, exactly. Of it. Yeah. To, yeah, yeah. And the more you can put teams together, yeah. of you know different people, different skills, different energy yeah. and ideas. It's, yeah, you know, it's supposed most, to be about the, most so. of the time that kicks ass. Yeah. Like, there's a few people just singularly sitting in a room by They're themselves, great at everything, and they do yeah. great. At, but like, that's that's far and few between. And I, I like people. I like hanging out with people. It's about community, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you feel the energy. That's the whole point. It's the energy, right? Wow. <sighs> Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> that was. Uh, I'm still super full from our meal. <laughs> I guess we come to the end of our show. Well, um, thanks, Ronan. This was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, thanks for bearing with uh, the with yeah, the band. Today in the of all days, we had a full studio, all rooms, <laughs> all types of music. Dollhutstudios.com. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I want to say thank you. A big thank you to Sal Salvatore J Baxter of Sal's so. Photos. He's been on all our shows, uh, documenting the backstage and taking pictures. So, really appreciate you being here, Sal. Thank you so much. And um, just go to his website. Check it out, southphotos.net. You see the Hodge link, a little picture. You click on it, and you got all the pictures of all the shows there. Also, to people out there, subscribe to our show. Give us a like. You can listen to our show and many other great shows for free at www.dollhutstudios.com. And uh, this was the Hodge Cast, broadcasting live from Doll Hut Studios in West Anaheim, California. Uh, you got some outro music for us? What do we yeah. Got? Uh, so goodbye I think message. On the outro, we're going to play Majesty Crush, who's okay. just one of the most, unfortunately, forgotten and underrated band of the 90s, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, did amazing, cool music. And sadly, I just learned that, that apparently their singer basically did suicide by cop, wielding a what? machete on top of a oh, cop car. Like recently? Yeah, within the last year or two. Oh, my God. But Majesty Crush, amazing, beautiful music, so that not enough people know about it, so at least I can keep pushing his music out into the world. Cool. Thanks, Ron. It's awesome. Thank you, Ron. You're the man. (laughs) See you guys next time.
Hajj means a pilgrimage, and this is a story we're here to give to you. A small taste of our travels, and the music, and the beautiful people we encounter. Until next time. Goodbye. Salud. Parev. Naisa stekala. Salam alaikum. Ciao. Adios. Adivadechi. Makiyo tabukas. And all the best.